0: Thank you for listening to Interviews. My name is Laurent Nautin. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talking to entrepreneurs around the world and ask them to share the practical tips and lessons learned? I hope their stories will help you better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. This podcast is available on most platforms. Subscribe now. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. I am now opening the podcast to your questions about entrepreneurship. I will select the most challenging questions and either myself or my guests will answer them. So please send your questions now by email, contact at laurentnotin.com. And today we are going back to Canada. I am with Sarah Sely, the CEO and founder of Space Share Inc. Hey Sarah, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Hello, it's so good to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No problem. So let's start. Tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: So um, I've started my life in sales, spent most of my life doing sales of various tasks, um, of various products and services. And um, probably a few years back, I ended up becoming a general manager at a startup and loved Mm -hmm. startups so much. So when I got an idea in my head about a startup that I thought needed to happen, everything just kind of fell into place. And next thing I I found was that I was the CEO of Space Share. And Mm. um, Space Share, it's a marketplace where people who have space find people who need space. We have uh, started our focus on storage and parking and are now soon to be opening it up to other types of space that people like to share and um, also allow people to create their own private marketplaces of space sharing as well.
0: Right. But you've never been an entrepreneur before that, right?
1: You know, I went in, I went in and out of being an entrepreneur okay. and I always got scared and I ran back to corporate. <laughs> so the moment I got a big invoice and I realized I couldn't pay it or I, I couldn't pay my mortgage, or there was always some reason that I would dip my head, my hand to it and then pull it out after six months, one year, Uh, just because it got hard things got hard and it wasn't necessarily you know month over month growth for whatever it was I was doing in the early stages so yeah so I've I've certainly dabbled but this time I I decided I was going to stick with it no matter what
0: (laughs) but what what has changed then
1: um I just think that I I my resolve for this idea Mm. was so strong and my vision of what this vision, what this company was going to become, was so uh, so vivid that every time the thought of of shutting down occurred, something would keep pulling me back in. There was always something, you know. If I decided, okay, the end of 2017 i was going to shut down but there was this opportunity that was just around the corner that i was kind of chasing so it would keep me going step by Mm. step so that i found find myself where i am now and once again find myself in an opportunity where there's more just around the corner and it keeps pulling me back in
0: (laughs) right that's that that is very very interesting uh because I hear, that, I hear that a lot, but with, with other entrepreneurs, you know, we, we are hooked yeah. in general. And uh-huh. so it's, a lot about, uh-huh. it's a lot about finding opportunities like you uh, and always uh, fighting the, the adversity, whatever, whatever it is.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur today?
1: For me, it means to create things that are not uh, already there to give people uh, um, solutions that they don't already have to find easier, better ways than what was done in the past. And mm-hmm. you know what I find is that you know it's fine to have a traditional way of doing things, but if there's a way that we can technologically change that and make it better, make it faster for people to connect, in my case, to find space, um, make it easier to pass money make it um easier to connect with other human beings then by i i think that that's something that we we need to have in order for us to move forward as a as a community so um not to mention i think entrepreneurs have a lot of uh urge to give back as well i think you know i always wanted to be a wealthy philanthropist that was kind of my goal Mm -hmm. was i wanted to be able to to after this do things that um we're going to help people around the world. And uh, I wasn't going to be able to do that, you know, with a meager salary and, you know, kind of saving my my RRSP or retirement savings for that. I wanted to actually make a really big impact in the world.
0: So it's not about making money. It's about helping people.
1: Ultimately, yes. Yes. I mean, I I love the idea of having a lot of money because it means just freedom. That's really all I, I want is freedom. I want to go anywhere I want. I want to buy whatever I want. But at the end of the day, there are so many people that could use assistance. And I think that helping um, in a way that it also is in a social enterprise type way, not necessarily mm. giving, 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 but helping people to create a circular economy so that they're able to take what it is that they receive, but turn that into something that they too can, um, can turn into a, a, subs- a, a, a sufficient way of living.
0: You mentioned that your vision was so strong that you just had to, to follow it. So what's, what's your vision with this business? What do you want to take it to?
1: So I want this platform to be the largest space sharing app in the world. I want anyone who ever is needing space of any kind to be able to go to our platform and know that they can find space in a very easy fashion. So think of it like a, a Craigslist for space, but in a much mm. more Airbnb type, type way. Um, we're also working on our first private marketplace with mm. a nonprofit. And that particular private marketplace is called Forever Home. And what Forever Home will do is it will allow housing agencies who have a difficult time finding housing for marginalized community to, uh, to find uh, available apartments on this particular platform in a private setting. So we are now um, on the verge of building that and have spoken with some big municipalities in uh, in Canada, um, working with the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation as well, who are uh, now doing focus groups with us and Mm -hmm. working on a solution that will help people source housing and book it in a much easier fashion. So for me, I also see that vision of Forever Home being something that ends up being utilized, not just in Canada, but in the US and um, other parts of the world as well.
0: It's interesting. You also uh, Jim Collins talk about the big, hairy, audacious goal uh, that right. that you have. For me, it's yeah. also I have this big vision. You know, I love Simon Sinek, and I want to be the Simon Sinek of entrepreneurship. You know, and, right. and down the line, I hope that one day I will be able to create my own uh, academy for, ant- for entrepreneurs. Do you yeah. think that it's absolutely crucial to have this big vision to be an entrepreneur?
1: I think the vision's really important, but I also think the why is really important. Mm. Um, because it's very easy when things get really tough that you can just go back and go get a job and stop doing what you're doing. And the question is why are you doing this? Why does this make you get up in the morning? Um, for me the why is helping others. I mean, it really mm. is like I've always I, I, I'm. So my background is I'm, I'm part British, but I'm also part Indian. Um, there's a lot of young girls in India who don't make it past the age. In fact, 60% of young girls in India don't make it past the age of four because wow. of various reasons, but because they're not considered equal um, status in India. And so for me, my why was that I wanted to be able to go over to India, but also here at home in my own country there are so many people in need, and if there's a way that we can help, then I'm. If I stop doing what I'm doing, then I'm letting down that dream of being able to go and do something like that. Which mm. I see as, as, you know, after I, you know, after an exit or whatever it might be, passing it off to another um, CEO. I want to be able to go off and, and do those kind of things with the freedom that you know um, the success of a startup can bring.
0: Right. Beautiful. So what sort of legacy do you want to leave behind you? What would you like people to say, you know, the day you're not there anymore?
1: I guess I want people to to see me as being persistent um, mm. and passionate. Persistent because despite all odds, I still keep going. And uh, sometimes we laugh and call ourselves the Cockroach Club because I don't know if you ever <laughs> heard of the story of Airbnb. But Airbnb just kept going regardless of the adversity they faced. And um, I believe uh, one of the, the people at um, Y Combinator called them a cockroach because they right. don't die. So, uh, <laughs> so we, used to, we, we used to joke about uh, how we were like the cockroach club. Um, but yeah, I think persistence is key. I, there's always, your vision is there. It's already in your head. You're moving towards it. The law of attraction is a thing thoughts become things and I think that if you have it in your head uh, you just have to wait for it to happen unfortunately it's not on your own timeline I mean I would have Mm -hmm. exited like three a year ago right like I was like okay pro forma in you know a few years back I would have reached certain numbers by now but things don't always happen on the timeline that you want it to and I think that's really important for any entrepreneur looking to start something is that It can take so much longer than you expect. Um, Also, it depends on your geography as well. It might take longer because you don't have as many um, investors there that may be able to to help you versus if you were in, say, San Francisco. Um, Perhaps your uh, gender or your race might be not necessarily the easiest to raise just because of, um, you know, you're talking to a lot of older white gentlemen who like to invest in people that remind them of their, their younger selves. And mm. I don't really remind a man of his younger self, uh, maybe more of his wife. So, right. um, you know, so those all, all those different adversities as well that come into play. So it's, um, you know, definitely one of those things that it, it can take a lot longer, but sometimes the hardest challenges can be the most rewarding on the other side.
0: So what has been your hardest challenge ever?
1: I probably would say, for me, I'd find that raising money was really a big challenge.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I I had all the elements to do so, but unfortunately, one thing led to another, and it wasn't quite as easy as I hoped in the past. Um, but things are things are different now, which is which is good. Um, and probably just staying in this was was quite a challenge when things were just looking like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't working out. There were other companies that were getting funded far more for for far less um, traction and, you know, $2 million check sizes, et cetera, doing the same thing and then moving far beyond. It was quite difficult to keep going when you saw other people accelerating.
0: Mm. Yet
1: at the same time, uh, my vision evolved and kind of became bigger than that. So I always felt like that was a good opportunity for me. It just always made me keep going. So, but I'd say, I'd say probably raising funds was not anywhere near as easy as I thought it would be. I never thought it would be easy, but I never thought it would be quite so challenging. But mm-hmm. I think, um, again, I think you know, gender plays a role, our location being in, in Canada, there's not as many startups that um, investors. There are, there are a few, of course, but um, it's still, it still can be quite challenging to raise. So I perhaps you know I'm I don't know if I'm just not as aggressive as most people or or what it is, but yeah,
0: right. <laughs> and, and what about what about uh, COVID? Has, has it affected you or your business at all?
1: Yeah, I mean certainly it it's affected um, the business in a, in a sense because people are sharing space, and so many people are reluctant to open up their homes at this time when uh, when there's a pandemic going on. Um, At the same time that's when Forever Home the idea came into play and we started Mm. speaking with people from the municipal right up to the federal level of this opportunity and it's been received by like so well that everybody just so far has said that they this is something that they need. So we are on the verge of building that now which is exciting. Um, I think we were able to weather the storm because we received a loan from the BDC, and that's kept us uh, kept us going through this time, which has been great. And um, we actually did improve on our revenues from the year before, so luckily that's that was also a positive thing. Uh, and now we're actually speaking with some of Canada's largest um, uh, residential property owners and um, corporate property owners because. Because they are looking for alternatives to what to do with their space, mm. um, these are conversations that may not have happened if if their parking spaces were full, if their storage spaces were full, if the retailers were all there, um, they may not have had time. But now they're actually looking at different ways to optimize their space, and it looks like we may end up um, getting some pretty great opportunities because of that, which is which is great. So. You know, I think I think pandemic the pandemic has been tough for so many people. I, I can imagine that a lot of startups had to um, shut down because of it, and that's really sad. Uh, small business as well has been affected, and our lockdowns have been extremely tight and, in my opinion, unnecessary.
0: Mm. But
1: um, you 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 go with the flow and uh, look for opportunities every time there's something. Um, downturning because in every downturn there's people making a ton of money so it's finding out what what your business may be able to do to help or how it can adapt to help in some way like can your technology connect people to grocery stores or is your technology able to help you connect to just people online that they've never you know spoken with or you know how how can you keep your head above water but it's tough right really really yeah. tough
0: You know, my my motto is uh, this quote from Albert Einstein, in every opportunity, every challenge, or in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Sorry. This is really what you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, and what I'll say is, um, you know, Forever Home kind of came about because we as Space I Share decided that there were frontline workers that needed to find space to put their head for the night if they were staying away from their families. So as I started calling around to all of these different entities to find out if they had extra rooms, I realized that there was really no aggregate of all of those spaces being put online. They were all just like, oh, the university here has some space, but they're talking to this hospital, but it's not all put in a way that people can easily browse. So I think that was the first kind of nod that space aggregation is really important somewhere that Mm -hmm. we can all find it in one place. Cause yeah, it's just, it's just all, you know, dis- disparate all over the place and it becomes challenging. So yeah, I think, I think really finding opportunity is so important during these, during these times of adversity, for sure. All
0: right, what other key lessons can you share?
1: Well, aside from having that persistence, which means really love what you're doing, really love the idea, really love the problem that you're always trying to solve. I would say it really helps to have a bit of personal runway um -hmm. like financial runway because first you know a lot of people that start these um startups do tend to have some family money that can get them along during the tough times and you know a lot of people tend to maybe have friends and family that they can raise rounds with Um, those ones those are the ones that appear to be successful in the early stages because they had that that money that was handed to them or that money that was a cushion that they can make things go um, but if you don't have that, then I would say, do have something on the side to keep you going during the be- the early stages. And again, it depends where you're located. It does make a difference. You're, you know, San Francisco versus Halifax, Nova Scotia, mm. you know, you are going to have a bit more of a challenge raising the funds. So it, for some people, it'll take an idea and a napkin and you could get $2 million check and other people, it will take, you know, 10 years, and a lot of um, discussions. And maybe that's when that money comes in. Or alternatively, even better is find a way to not have to raise at all. Mm. Like, you know, there's a lot of government grants that are out there that can get you started, um, at least in Canada. And obviously, you know, around the world, there's all types of grants. But if anything, try to work on a product that ends up paying enough so that you can keep putting it back into the company and grow and grow like that. Because I believe MailChimp was a a company that did that. And they started off by um, providing a product to their clients and they were able to build and adapt from there and then scale it. So if there's an opportunity to do that, I think more and more people are realizing that being on the VC teat is not necessarily the best option. They often will take your vision and run it their way. Um, overall you want to find a good like good investors that are there to help you and uh, put you in the right direction but at the same time not take over your company and potentially run it into the ground because I have heard of situations like that and you know I get so excited for them if they've raised and the next thing I know that person yeah. they just took it and took it away um, and that happens a lot to uh, to young startups, and it's very sad because this is someone's vision and someone's baby, and they gave it to somebody else to to help them with, and and in the end, it got taken away. So, yeah, I'd say be very wary of that, and and choose your investors wisely.
0: Thank you for saying that, because I I totally <laughs> agree with you, and I think all startups need to hear that. Very very yeah.
1: true. Yeah, definitely.
0: What are you? What are you the most uh, proud of?
1: I think I'm really proud of my team,
0: mm. um,
1: the people that work with our with our company. Um, I'm proud of what we've done so far, but I'm also very hard on myself. So for <laughs> me, it's like I'm proud of what we're going to do. Like the, I'm proud of the vision, and I'm proud of what we what I keep talking about is is happening. Um, I'm still looking in the back, like the rearview mirror, going, "Oh, that's okay," but it's it's the best is yet to come. So I think for me, it's it's um, it's it's gathering the team, but now we actually have uh, a really distinct direction that we're going in. So that's that's what I'm really excited about.
0: Nice. And if I was if I was to ask your team to describe, you know, uh, you as a leader, what do you hope they would say? <laughs>
1: Uh, I would hope that they would say, I guess maybe probably the same thing I might say about myself, which would be passionate and persistent. Um, I would be nice if somebody, if they thought I was smart and, uh, good salesperson perhaps, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd say, I'd say passionate is probably one of the best ways that I'd like to be described and, and definitely <laughs> definitely i keep going even in the face of like <laughs> there not being you know adversity
0: yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty clear that is uh, one of your attribute you mentioned something here that is interesting you, you said you would hope they say that you're good at sales why why is it important
1: i think a ceo has to be who's the, the front man uh the front woman is the person has to be very convincing um in many ways in a way that people buy into your vision buy into the product buy into what it is that we're helping them with and so um I've spent my most of my life in sales and I think that um it's just such an important quality for a CEO mm. you know I, I do think I do think it's the difference between uh, a good CEO who's who um, can drive the business forward and one who sits back and, and doesn't have those skills, it tends to be, I find that it tends to be a little bit more difficult for them, especially when it comes to enrolling people into the company to hire like hire good people and also to, to raise funds. And those are the two most important parts of being a CEO.
0: Yeah, and so. is this is something that I, I see a lot with entrepreneurs. They, they're not necessarily very good at sales because they, they don't understand what it is or they're afraid of it. How right. would you describe sales in a simple way for entrepreneurs?
1: Sales is really a conversation. It's a conversation where you're enrolling somebody into something that you would like to see occur. And mm-hmm. so it may be a solution for them. And that's part of the sales conversation is how can I help you? And then encouraging them to understand that what it is that you have is going to help them uh, in some way of their life, you know, time-wise, money-wise, or both, and so I think that I think I, I think that's what I would say sales is. It's about enrolling conversations where people get interested and excited about what it is that you have to offer.
0: Nice, I agree. I agree. Sales because there's this this bug, this big uh, you know perceptions about these this word sales, but I agree. It's all about conversations it's because at conversations, the end of the
1: day relationships yeah
0: yeah at the end of the day you someone is going to buy something you know it's it's not a computer yeah. that is buying it's it's a person behind the it's computer a person. yeah
1: yeah yeah we're all just people and it's all just having conversations and it's not being afraid for re- to have like to be rejected um it's not it's just not being afraid to cold call somebody out of the blue somebody who you might consider is um more senior to you but yeah, it's just it's just a, a number of conversations where we're, we're hoping to solve that person's problem.
0: If you look back at your entrepreneurship journey, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Well, I can say that if back when I started, if somebody mm-hmm. had told me where I would be right now, after all this time, I and all the ups and downs that I've gone through to date, and I probably would have said no, thank you. I won't do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna bother. Forget it. Because it has been like it's it's not easy to live a life as an entrepreneur. I have two daughters. They're nine and twelve mm. now. They were much younger when I started. And it's not easy to raise a family when um, both you and your aunt, your husband are or spouse are entrepreneurs. We're both we're both kind of strong headed people who are um, doing you know, businesses of some kind. So, um, you know, I would definitely, I, I would definitely have said one thing differently is to make sure he's in a corporate job this whole time so that I mm-hmm. could do this. Um, and I, we had swapped roles at one point where I was in corporate and he was doing an entrepreneur thing. So, but I would say that um, if I'd done anything differently, I probably wouldn't have relied on one big opportunity at a time. Like there were, and that's a sales one one mistake, but there were some really big opportunities in the early stages where we were talking to the biggest company of this or the biggest mm-hmm. organization, like really big entities were looking at us. And instead of saying, okay, that's one thing, uh, let's go find five other opportunities like that. We were kind of letting that t- take too long. And so I would, I would probably say, don't let one big deal be the thing that keeps you going. Look for five other of those big deals. Um, And I, you know, I think everything led me to this place. I can't think that there's, there's probably one particular employee. I would definitely have not brought on Mm. um, because it caused a lot of issues, but I also think that it helped me to understand a lot about the journey as well. So it's almost hard to say, I don't think if it had been for that person, I would have had the other people that came on board after working together in a different way. So yeah, overall, there were some definitely some lessons for the future, but I don't think if I t- tweaked anything, it would have necessarily been, I would have learned what I learned.
0: Right, right. And and today, if I had the ability to grant you one wish, what would it be?
1: I am waiting on a really big grant right, right now. <laughs> um, and I'm also waiting on hearing about some other uh, monetary opportunity. So I would say... Um, I would say it has to do with uh, this particular grant or this big deal if I would like it to close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
0: That's a salesperson you're <laughs> <in> talking. <Utah>, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's about my company. I mean, if I wanted world peace, yes, I expect world peace to happen sooner than later. Um, that's my wish. That's sure. what I was asking for for my birthday. So <laughs> that's the the big that's the biggest ha- audacious goal. But I I do actually see it happening this year. Strangely
0: enough. What is the one recommendation that you would give to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs?
1: Um, so I think having a really good team around you or having a, a co-founder can help I did start off with two co-founders uh, two mm-hmm. other co-founders so there was three of us and unfortunately things got a little tough and they they did end up going back in into corporate um, so you know people always say it's important to have a co-founder I know investors mm-hmm. sometimes look for that and I met a woman who has a very successful company here in, in um, Canada and she ended up selling it to a home advisor so One of the things she had said was, I can't believe that you have co founders. And I said to her, I can't believe you are your own, like you're a single (laughs) founder. Like, how do you do it? And shortly after, my co founders left. And it turns out that actually it was great. So I wouldn't necessarily say to entrepreneurs, you have to find a partner. um, But I would say it does help. It it definitely Mm. helps to get started anyway. But also make sure that they're the right people because I think that was probably a mistake. A little bit later on was finding somebody that I thought might come on board that ended up not being the right fit at all and just going, doing it because I needed it versus what felt right. And I think that's probably one of the most important things is to go with your gut and listen to what your inner voice tells you and go in that direction. And I think the challenge we have is that, especially if you go through an accelerator or any Mm -hmm. kind of these startup workshops or programs there's going to be a lot of advice thrown at you a lot a lot a lot a lot um whiplash is what they call it when i did the accelerator in colorado and everyone's got advice and a lot of times the advice was good advice for sure it's a lot of the things we had thought about in the past but at the same time you have to check in and make sure if that makes sense for you to do like what sure. makes sense um, don't always follow other people's advice listen to what your, your own self is saying and go in that direction. That's going to be the number one thing that leads you to success. I think faster. Um, Unfortunately, when you, when you get into a room of people that have more experience, you tend to feel like they know what they're talking about. And Mm. sometimes they do. Um, But in the recent years, I've realized that a lot of people didn't ever become the entrepreneurs themselves. They're just telling you what they think would be good advice, but
0: doesn't necessarily mean it was the right advice for you. So. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mentor in uh, several several uh, incubators here and accelerators. I yeah. totally. Get what I totally get what you're saying. Because yes, yeah. I, I, as a mentor, I'm trying to give advice, but I don't know the company, so you know, I I, yeah. I, I give I give advice based on five minutes looking at the website and asking uh, some questions at the beginning of the conversation that's 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 it so yeah Yeah. you know we give you advice but it's not our business it's your business guys (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and and the good thing is is that i found that a lot of mentors i dealt with would say that's just my opinion but you Mm. have to do what's right for you and i think that good like mentors will say that because they do understand that they are only seeing this from the outside in and until they actually get get into the business and start working with you, if they do um, it does become very difficult, like to, to necessarily take on a lot of different things that they may recommend. But um, but yeah, but then, and like at the same time, mentors have been so helpful in everything that I've done. So, Hmm. um, you know, we, we all need, we all need people around us to just help push us along that's that's yes. really important I think finding finding a really good network of people um, both startup CEOs as well as mentors who are in the industry who can help you introduce you to people I went through founder Institute so I found that really helpful that helped me get mm-hmm. into the accelerator in Colorado um, that was really great for more learning and um, I think I think finding those networks is going to be really important too because everyone's one thing I found about startup that I did not see in the corporate world was that everyone was willing to help. Everyone's willing Mm -hmm. to sit down with you. Like we had some successful CEOs that just sat, sat down with us for an hour for no reason, but just wanted to help us with our journey. And I thought that was the most giving loving thing that people can do is, is helping one person get to their next step because we were, we have all been in that position in the past.
0: Yes. Yes. And again, it's not about the money. It's it's because it's a yeah. call.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a calling. Yeah. It's a calling.
0: <laughs> so, this show is called Interviews Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code. So, my question to you is Have you cracked the code?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, I'm still working through it. I'm still working through it. I mean, yeah i think i think if i had been in a brick and mortar business and i had one earlier this year i did own a a successful gym um and we closed that down right when this pandemic started i think Mm. yeah we cracked that code it was a very um it's one where you you have this um what's the word i'm looking for you have this process that you know Mm. operationally is how it works right and then you have these mentors that say i owned a gym and this is what i did so It was very like by the book, but when it comes to startup every day, you're out there like with your machete, just beating through the jungle, trying to find whatever that journey is taking you on. So you don't really know what you're doing every single day. It's always an adventure and cracking the code. I don't know. I don't know what the code is yet. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but I mean, I certainly feel like an entrepreneur. So I guess if I, you know, I, I, I feel very comfortable in the role. That's for sure. Nice. So, yeah. All right.
0: One last question for you. How can people contact you?
1: Probably the best way is through email. I can be reached at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at space, I, the letter I, share.com. I will respond to you as quickly as possible.
0: Nice. Well, thank you very much, Sarah, for your time.
1: Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it.
0: Cool, cool, me too. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to write a nice review, then share it on social media so we can inspire as many entrepreneurs as possible. See you next time. Bye-bye.